0: All right, it's so the 301 Redirect Trademark Podcast of the week, and this one's kind of a special one because we've got uh, we're, we're all of a uh, couple developers here are clocked out for the time being because we want to talk a little bit about WordPress 5.0 on the shit show that it brought back in the fall and what that has all transcended to. 301 the Redirect. so i've got josh burke one of our senior developers hello josh hello how's it going steve bowser hello which is like a character name and then we have gregory (laughs) greg hello this is greg um so let's talk a little bit about what we know essentially what WordPress 5.0 is and what that meant to the entire community because that's a content management system that, um, literally 27% or so of the world is utilizing for their web platform, and we like it a lot. It's been over a decade now, we've been at dev house working in that specifically. There's a lot of great pros and cons, there's a lot of people that do a sloppy, shit ass job with themes and. Oh, God, templates, all that good stuff that we've Bring never things. been happy with. Yeah, that brings us a lot of business in fixing all of those things. But 5.0 meant what to the world as a whole? I know we had a lot of challenges with WooCommerce, scarce in
1: regards to that. Um, yeah, there's a bit of WooCommerce scarce, but... Um, they took
0: care of all those things pretty quickly before Thanksgiving holiday, but I knew yeah. it required like all of their plugins had to been updated. It's constructive. So Gutenberg... What did Gutenberg mean now, and what are we doing about that? What should businesses be thinking about in regards? They've heard about 5.0. They've heard about Gutenberg. You know, let's take a step back here. What are the challenges we've seen in the code sets of sites, some of our clients? Let's not name any names, but let's talk about when they've done that push to update to 5.0. What has been some of the flack that's come back and challenges with those?
2: Well, I think one of the, uh, the biggest challenges is the integration of plugins. Um, all too often, we uh, we've taken over a few sites that um, there's an enormous library of plugins, and they're you're like, like
0: the jelly belly bag.
2: That's right. You uh, got you got 40, you got 20, 30, 40 plugins on a, on a website. Wow. The uh, developers can't develop a, a single thing, and every little functionality is controlled by a plugin. And you know, not all these plugins are well managed. Um, updated frequently. And when you have something as big as a major version of WordPress, there's going to be breaking changes in these plugins. What was that?
0: Uh, go ahead, sir.
2: Yeah, and I was just going to say that those breaking changes, you go ahead and you just, you hit that update button and all of a sudden you've got broken front end. You may have core functionality uh, for certain post types or lists that all of a sudden don't populate anymore because you updated WordPress. So it, uh, it brought with it Large potential breaking changes to your website due to plugin conflicts.
0: Now I know 5.0 was a big deal back in the day for me. I'm a little bit older. That was the Mustang. Everybody mm. had those. You had the drop Cruising. top the <laughs> vanilla With my ice. Back in the 90s? Down. Yes, he did. So your That's hair can right. blow. Um, but these younger gents here may not know the significance. But for WordPress 5.0, why why that significant jump? What was the big reason they went to that number, Steve?
3: Um. Yeah, I mean, they just, the the editor was a, a major change. I mean, Gutenberg, a, Gutenberg, yeah. Um, you know, just such a divergence from um, the classic editor. What
0: have we heard in the forums or what have we talked about amongst other devs that they say the reason they wanted to move to Gutenberg, what is that, I guess, superseding or challenges that they've had as an open source development community over the years that they wanted to push to go to this way? Because obviously you're you're trying to push people to go to clean fuel and recycling or whatever those things, you end up coming to the point saying no longer accepts gasoline, right? You want to go to electric. So why did they push to go to the Gutenberg? Because we all fucking hate it.
1: Well, I think that there was a lot of people uh, using other plugins that made the editing experience a little bit uh, more drag and drop like Visual Composer. Um, That's a big one that's on a lot of theme forest themes and premium uh, themes out there. And I think they really wanted to kind of evolve their editor to be more of a drag-and-drop, block-based experience so people could kind of create the content that they wanted to without the restrictions of typing a <laughs> Word document or using uh, short codes to get what they want right. done.
3: A little bit more intuitive for the non-technical.
1: Yeah. Books. And I think that they were going up a lot of their competitors too, like you know, Squarespace, Weebly, all these shit shows out there right. that uh, have these drag-and-drop uh, editors... And I think that they want to try to get that audience and reel them in a little bit more uh, to WordPress. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Um, I guess, what didn't we like? What got removed from the old WYSIWYG? Because immediately following that release there was a new plugin that was made for the um, i don't know the exact but it's the old school editor for wordpress yes. classic, classic editor classic yeah. editor there we it's go It's pretty Classi- popular yeah that oh, yeah. everybody immediately downloads <laughs> after after we do the 5.0 we're yeah. just immediately going to go ahead and update that plugin and you're
1: good yeah everybody loves that plugin um so a bit of a hard transition for
0: a lot of users that we've seen
1: yeah you know and i guess one thing that i really didn't like about how they introduced this new editor was that they didn't turn it off by default or include an on button It just came out of the box on. So, as soon as you update, everything breaks if it's going to break. And then you got to install that classic editor and uh, enable it. Um, You know, it would have been a lot better if your theme had to support uh, the Gutenberg feature. Um, At least that way you could, you know, progressively update to the newest and latest and greatest. Instead, they just kind of shoveled shit in your face and, you know, see what happens with that. Right.
3: Well, should have been the other way around, where the you know once you know your theme supports it, then you can turn it on.
1: Right, just like most features that they offer. So
0: over the holiday season, um, I remember following. Um, I, I do a lot of news research and follow a lot of people out there across Twitter. But hearing the conversations and some people that actually did the install and were kind of going site as a base install and then classic versus up to 5.0 and all the differences and all the issues that were happening. I lied. That was actually back in early. It was the holiday of Thanksgiving when that was happening. And uh, yeah, a lot of negativity was being pushed back in regards to that. And maybe it's just that hard shift going from a sedan to a 4x4 truck, so to speak. Driving right. difference, the way it's handling on the road, the way you're looking at things. Um, people that are out there that aren't working with an agency like Trademark... What are some of the things they should take in consideration besides having a good host, having a good fast host? Uh, that's one issue that we always find out that's causing a lot of problems. But what are some of the things they should do in regards updating, going to 5.0? Is there a pre-checklist or some tips we can be offering them? Well... Certainly,
2: it should be done on some sort of a local dev environment first um, and then pushed to a staging environment. This just is not something you want to do right on your live site. So let's
0: let's, let's take a consideration, Mm -hmm. Greg. Some of the people out there like, say, it's one of our wonderful accountants that might have a side business and she's selling crafts and arts, um, on her WordPress site that her nephew that goes to central installed for her. And she's making a couple hundred bucks a month through her Stripe account. It's integrated on her WooCommerce inside of WordPress. Mm-hmm. You just said a couple things that are probably going to be completely Latin to her, which is going to be local dev environment and then a staging server. Go a little bit more depth into that, but let's try to scale it back a little bit too for the common folk. Absolutely. So,
2: um, and I understand that this is a hurdle because uh, when we are speaking about the common end user who's not working with an agency, um, they're, they're not going to have a, a local dev server, which I'll explain in, in more detail here, um, or a, a staging server per se. Um, they only have a live environment to work with, and, and that is the one of the key issues that, that we're facing. Um, a local dev environment is... Um, when you have your, your computer, your laptop, whether it's a, a Mac, a PC, a, you know, a Linux machine, um, you literally create a server on that machine. And all of the files, the host files that make up your website, um, they're there. And it's hosted on your computer. So it's just it's a local environment. The website looks and performs identical to what the live site should perform, assuming you have all the server settings identical. Uh, But it's it's a great testing environment because no one else in the world can see it unless they're literally looking over your shoulder at your screen.
0: So the local dev environment is gonna be setting up your website for like the world to see, Mm -hmm. but only you can see. Exactly. So you can test out a lot of things, make changes, break things to make determinations before you actually put it out to the live world. And embarrass yourself, or potentially Correct. hurt yourself, for some leads or some sales. So
2: you're able to, in essence, modify site files or site settings, like WordPress settings, run an update. But this isn't being done on the live server. You're That's not actually cool. changing these files. And uh, yes, it allows you to test. And if you get everything lo- working well, you work out those bugs. Then you can push this consolidated group of changes up to your live server and feel confident. about Or the replicate you're gonna, those changes absolutely. from your
0: local computer environment Correct. to your live environment so that's almost kind of like writing a rough draft editing up doing notes on a printed copy of the book report you're supposed to work on until you finally edit and make the, the perfect one to submit then to the professor that's good analogy another. okay yeah. cool
1: um, just to add on to that too um, for less technical savvy people if you only have access to your WordPress admin um, some good advice would be to download a plugin that is like one of those all-in-one backup solutions. That'll zip up your whole site, your files, and create a dump of your database. WP
0: Engine does that, don't they?
1: Uh, WP Engine has something installed. Another good one is, uh, uh, shoot, Duplicator. I know it was one all-in-one uh, migrate, I think is. called. And these are free plugins. Know. Yeah, these are free. Um, so i definitely go that route to at least create a backup of your file system because that's going to change pretty, uh, pretty drastically, as well as the database. Now, um,
0: in all fairness, GoDaddy's system which is still ass, but
1: always (laughs) always
0: historic, and it will be forever. (laughs) (laughs) We guarantee that. No, but their user interface, what it is user-friendly for, though, is for the layman, if they are doing hosting with them, um, usually even with their shittiest hosting package, they have a backup. And you can go to the admin panel, and they would have a backup, usually on a daily basis, and they can go ahead and republish that automatically from your dashboard that allows you. So if you do make a mistake on your live site, I don't like it. I can revert to the last backup, which is probably midnight last night right. and automatically republish that. And that's pretty user-friendly at that, speaking to Josh's point
1: there. Yeah, I mean, that's a little more user-friendly, but you still got to be careful depending on uh, your activity on the site, if you have had any comments since your last backup. Yeah. If you've had any sales, uh, you don't want to lose those orders in your admin. Um, and then the last piece of advice I have for those uh, people out there um, – You know, install the classic editor plugin first, activate it, leave them a five-star review on the plugin uh, store, (laughs) and then um, run that update to 5.0, and you'll uh, have a lot better chances of smooth sailing through that update. Uh,
3: If it's a new site, though, you know, someone just starting out, it's going to have Gutenberg already going. Um, and if you're going to learn something, you might as well, you know, stick it out and learn Gutenberg. That's a good point. Of, like, right. You know, instead of going backwards.
1: Especially if you're using a theme like their latest one, 2019, that is uh, designed to work well with Gutenberg. Um, you may find that editing experience... Um, Pretty be, simplistic. Yeah, and you know, maybe great. Maybe it know, is that's great. That's what they're going for, I guess. Just You know, with the, with the stuff we currently have installed on our websites, yeah, it's not a great fit for most people.
0: So now we have... A number of clients we work on a monthly basis in maintenance, and then we have some that come back and forth at different times to do updates. A lot of WordPress platforms, a lot of custom developments being done, custom plugins, modification to existing plugins that work with other plugins. And as you can imagine, as Greg said earlier, you have some that come in here. We've seen some with as many as 40-some plugins with maybe a oh, yeah. third of them turned off, but still sitting there and <laughs> like all that, that, that multiple sliders,
2: yeah. you, know, you, gotta, you gotta have at least five yeah. slider plugins. That's yeah. kind of the, the, the running joke around here. There's an award for the most plugins. Installed yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but they're not likely going to be Gutenberg friendly. or you would have to go through a series of updates to all of those plugins and then make sure they are all working in harmony with one another. And then you could go ahead and do that update. And only at that point then would you have to do a process of elimination to determine which plugin is not playing friendly with the Gutenberg editor. So, like, you know, Josh had brought up the 2019 version that's default install on WordPress. That's already Gutenberg ready, ready to rock, ready to go. And you could yeah. end up building on from that point there if you enjoy that user experience. But that's, I think, maybe a, maybe a metaphor would be is like, a, Driving on the road here in the United States, and then going over to Europe, and then sitting on the right side of the vehicle, driving, and then on the right side of the road, going the opposite direction, so to speak. You got to kind of—it's all functional; it's all going to work really, really well. But you got to learn your way around doing those things and navigating a little bit differently to
2: do right. it. Right. And you know, keep in mind, Classic Editor has has been a, a godsend to the development community in order to shut it off. I mean, we've already run into a number of plugins that. Uh, absolutely, break without the Classic Editor installed. Um, and Classic Editor, though, is I believe set to only be um, maintained until twenty twenty one. So it you 2020? got two years. So you got two years. So really, plugin developers have two years to get up to speed with Gutenberg. Um, that's a great point. And and that's that's a long time. That's that's plenty of time, but. Um, I bring that up just to state that it is the future. I mean, eventually, I mean, it's, it's unlikely that we're going to see WordPress 6 roll out in the next year or so, and they're going to completely revert back to a classic editor. Um, this is here, and ultimately, um, sites that are developed and new sites that are developed, any kind of, you know, themes or, uh, uh, you know, base type of code that you work with should play well with it.
0: You're right. So. That's a good point. Let's go around the board here and kind of summarize this up with some tips to our listeners and to clients on things to do. I'm going to go ahead and start here. Um, if you have a site currently, you have people working on it, you have an agency working on it, or you have some freelancers working on it, one, first and foremost, get backups. Get backups on a regular basis. And if you don't have them for that extra 10, 15, 20 bucks a month, or whatever that's going to be with your current host, Get those damn backups and get those pushed to a cloud somewhere so you have access to those. Secondly, um, don't jump the gum with 5.0. If you already have an active site and things are going, I think you should talk sit down and talk to someone that is working on your development and outline a game plan. Think about what you actually want to do functionality wise and do plugins come into play as part of that entire map in and, and the progress moving in the in the the immediate near future. And does going to Gutenberg in 5.0 make the most sense to do that right now? You're eventually going to get pushed. You're going to have to do it. It's going to end up happening. Um, and I guess lastly, um, fail to plan. You're going to plan to fail. Somebody's going to hit that button along the way, and it's going to end up rocking your world and taking shit sideways. You can call us, we'll be here. 2485829210. But that's not where we want to meet you. Um, we'd love to help consult you along the way. But let's talk about some other 5.0 in Gutenberg. Josh,
1: go. Um, You know, I guess there's not really too much to say about it. Other than that, Um, you know, it was kind of shoved in people's faces. Uh, People uh, weren't ready for it. They replaced a major API, the uh, Metabox API. That's how you add all custom fields, custom functionality to any post-editing screen. So uh, doing that kind of uh, shook up the world a little bit, Uh, especially a lot of the custom software, maybe not the um, mainstream premium plugins out there like Yoast SEO. Obviously, that guy is a backup plan or integrated uh, support for Gutenberg. Right I think bat. he's
0: had like 21 updates though oh. since that time.
1: I mean, he releases an update every day though. I yeah. mean, in, in reality, he's, he's always updating something. Um, but I, I just, you know, obviously the larger plugins, you're going to have support for it. But anything that you've had built by an agency, anything custom, anything that hasn't been updated in the last year. Shit, um, last six months. Yeah, you could, Uh, that those are the things that are going to break. I think that's the other thing
0: to point out is when you're running WordPress and you have complexities, you have sliders, you have a contact form, right there you've already got a handful of plugins that are operating that are client-facing, okay, or are customer-facing. On the back f- side of things, you probably have a couple security plugins and some that are working against spam, CAPTCHA, aspects like that, or working towards benefits of search and SEO that your customers are not even seen. So you might have a dozen plugins right off the bat that could be affected with one push of a button very, very quickly. And you need to take those things into consideration. And did I go off too far? <laughs> we were no, no, that. I just
1: started uh, thinking of another conversation which we should probably have is uh, the lack of dependency management in WordPress. That would yes. be another great yeah. podcast or dependency conversation management. have. Dependency management, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it is getting very plug in Yeah,
1: there's a plug-in for everything and... Right. There's no way to really make sure that your software is going to work. You know, if one of these plugins turns off, you know, the whole site could break if you got a, if you got a spider web of craziness going on there. Yeah.
0: Steve?
3: Yeah, uh, just to follow up with what Josh said, um, you know, the really popular uh, well-known plugins are going to uh, most likely have support uh, for it. But, uh, yeah, like the lesser-known plugins that haven't been updated for a while you know tread carefully um, and uh, also yeah if you're just starting out with WordPress take the time to uh, get to know the new editor you know uh, start there
0: those yeah. are good points and I think that also backs up what Greg you were saying earlier having that dev environment having that testing server you could install another version of your website and then you could start installing plugins to see how they behave what features they may bring to the surface that you like that could be a benefit for your visitors and if that's good, then you can also push those over to your new live site. But you just shouldn't be doing that on your live site because you could just get yourself in the world of hurt very quickly. Right. Gutenberg thoughts, Mr. Greg?
2: Yeah, and even just to piggyback on what you had just said about um, plugins and a benefit of that local dev uh, development environment or sandbox um, – Gutenberg or a major WordPress update, it's not the only time that you can have plug-in conflicts. Anytime you just add a plugin, it can create a conflict. So it's not recommended to just go add a new plugin to your live site without having some other testing that was done previously. Um, but I, I think the one point that um, I'd also like to bring that we hadn't brought up yet is um, ongoing security. Um, we may have said some things in this uh, podcast that might scare uh, the uh, recreational it. user of WordPress and say, "Oh, well, I'm just going to stick with version 4.9. Whatever I'm on right now." And you can't do that either, simply because um, with continued updates of WordPress, there are continued security updates. And if you stay on that older version, your site may be uh, uh, there. There may be a security risk that becomes known. That hackers are able to exploit. Um, so, you're going to want to update, God, and plugin. we really just, you know, just it's another podcast. have that plan. You know, develop a plan, speak to someone in the industry. Even if you're going to continue to um, do it yourself, it's it's worthwhile just to speak to someone, a professional, and come up with a good plan.
0: In conclusion, websites are not for the faint of hearted, right? Yeah. Um, But don't be scared about them. Um, It wasn't but a decade or so ago, halfway into the tenure of our agency, that people started to become more serious about having a website because people did. And that was something my business needed. And it was kind of the new shiny, flashy thing. And we're now getting to a point where they're becoming more serious in efforts of bringing visibility, bringing leads, bringing phone calls as points of reference when answering an RFP or someone looking up something about a business to learn more about if I want to go apply for them or I want to go work there, I want to do business with them or their portfolio of some of their clients they work with and produce things for already. There's a host of reasons to do that, but you need to sit down and have a plan to work on something like this. And you're going to be amazed on how much of an asset it becomes to your business when you take that smart, professional approach. Trademark Productions 301